0: What's up, fam? This is JJ with the Mini Man I think this is episode six. Yeah, it's episode six. This has been a sick season. We have loved it. It's been super, super life-giving. We've been a little bit more blunt. You know, I've talked to the men in the audience with You know, really what I, this is rare. I think authority in people's lives is earned. It's built over a lot of trust. I think with men, one thing that happens is we have all the direction and instruction and you should do this and don't do this in the whole entire world, but there's no trust. There's no rapport. Sometimes we we really wonder, does this person care about me, right? And I think what I love to do with specifically the men is just know that, Hey, I am for you. I am with you. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you in godly dating, godly relationships, and ultimately in a godly marriage that's abounding with intimacy, whether it's sexually, spiritually, emotionally. It's a really, really safe place for you and your partner. I just think that has been the entire goal of these mansodes is that men finally have a place to come where they can learn from not another youth pastor, not a dude who's been married for 30 years and (laughs) met his wife at church camp at 19 years old. Like I've been very, very much in the shoes of a single man. And more importantly, I made a lot of mistakes and I approached things in a lot of the wrong ways. So the kind of foundation of these man man is that, Hey, I'm just like, just like you and just maybe six months ahead, you know, I've made mistakes that you'll probably make this week, next week, and the next few months. Let me just tell you about them real quick so that I can equip you and serve you well, and this is one actually where I would say I probably had a little bit more of just a ruthless attitude for me in the way I conducted my friendships and relationships. The title of this episode is Female Friendships and dating and relationships. This is an episode for men, right? And of course, we know there's a lot of women sneaking in here. <laughs> you guys are welcome. These are man, so it's okay. But the women are welcome here. If you're a woman listening to this real quick, I think the objective today is that you come away with a realistic and a healthy expectation on what a guy should be able to do and should be able to have and not have with female friendships, okay? And then really, you know, the whole episode is geared towards men. And men, I hope you can listen to this and you can understand what is a realistic and what is most important when it comes to your female friendships when you are dating and especially when you are in a relationship, okay, okay? And the challenge here is that I'm talking to you men and listen, you have female friendships, I'm assuming. You also have a philosophy that you probably abide in. This is the way I run my female friendships. This is the way I run them in dating. This is the way I run them in relationships. My my story and my challenge to you today is a little specific to what I did and how I carried myself, specifically in my singleness and more importantly, when it came to dating Kate. Okay, now here is the context. Most likely, and what we'll talk about is you are you are maybe or probably potentially going to be dating a woman who has relational trauma and pain, aka she's probably been cheated on. So we'll get all into that. That's kind of the context and the foundation. Just some introductory topics, you know, housekeeping items. You guys love this part. I'll keep it short. Heart of Dating Season 10, again, I hope you guys have loved this season. I think the episode, uh, like marital consent and some of the other topics, you know, like newlywed sex and some of the sex stories that you've heard from a singles perspective, for a singles perspective, these are great to send to some of your married friends, some of your young married friends. These are really, really awesome conversations, so feel free to use these episodes as conversation starters. I'm a firm, firm, huge advocate for singles hanging with marrieds and listening to them, hearing them talk, hearing the way that they resolve conflict, talking about things from a married perspective about singleness, talking about married things from a single perspective, you know, and maybe some of the myths. I really, really dislike when, The only thing that singles hear from their newlywed friends is marriage is hard. Be grateful that you're single. Okay. Let me put it that way. Like what good does that do? You know, it just keeps everything behind the curtain. It doesn't equip the single. It's not very encouraging. I think there's so much more there for both sides. So that's all I'll say about season 10. It's been really, really awesome. Uh, Things I'm enjoying in my life. I know some of you guys like this. Some of you skip this part, but let me just say I'm back on that Peloton game. I'm just trying to get in shape from the summer, taking a pause from lifting weights. And then I use this new tracker for caloric intake. It's called, um, macro factor, my fitness pals. Okay. I just, I don't know if I have a mental block against it. It's not very updated. It's kind of like w- using windows 97. It does the job. I was looking for a little bit more in this thing called macro factor. I just have really liked it. For me, the hardest part though is I get so lazy. I hate inputting my food. So I try to do it as soon as I eat. And what is nice is if you repeat the meals, you can just quick add and that's pretty convenient. The other thing is, listen, verified date idea for you guys. I know we haven't done much of this, even though it's a dating podcast. We played pickleball for the first time. It was sick. I totally get the appeal. It's easy for everyone. This is like Kate and I had like a little tennis phase and we got out there and played and it was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard. So pickleball is a much easier version. I think for men specifically for us, it's really, really awesome to get us in some kind of active date where we're not just sitting across the table, locking eye contact. For some of us men, it can be a little difficult for us to carry conversation and just have it that intimate. For us, you know, my hypothesis is think about golfing, think about road trips. Men have had probably the best conversations of their, of their lives on road trips. And think about it. You're not looking at them directly in the eye. You're looking at the road and just kind of talking about whatever it is side by side. I've had some of the best conversations in my life on road trips. And so I just like anything that kind of help give us like a nervous outlet for any nervous energy and specifically pickleball is a great way to do that. Okay. So jumping in today, this is the context. Okay. I'm not talking about a Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse perfect relationship where none of the parties have baggage. None have been cheated on. You both have excellent boundaries and relationships and friendships with the opposite sex and you guys are perfect. I'm sorry, but (laughs) This episode is not for that, okay? Because here's the thing, specifically in the context of relational trauma and pain and really what I would just call cheating is, you have to ask this question. How common is cheating, okay? How common is it? And I was looking at studies and there's a lot of varying numbers, but basically what I kind of came to is how common is cheating? Let's just say, apparently from the studies I've read, They ask people of all the relationships that you have been in. Have you ever had your partner cheat on you? And 45 to 55% of people say that they have been cheated on, right? This stems from sexual relations, one night stands, emotional affairs, making out, kissing all the way down to flirting, right? Consistently flirting with another person just in texting. It is that vague, which is important, right? AKA they've been cheated on in some kind of sense. And what's funny about that is the number goes down, obviously, when you ask the question, Hey, have you, you know, ever cheated on someone, right? And people have to admit that they cheated. It goes from 45 to 55% to about 33%. Okay. So 33% of people which is kind of shockingly big, in my opinion, still admit that they have cheated on someone. And so even if we say, let's take both those numbers and land somewhere in the middle, it's about 45%, 43 to 45% Okay, of, of all relationships have had cheating involved. So all that to say is if you're dating and you're in a relationship, there is a great chance, a great chance that the person you meet when you're dating has a history that they have been cheated on in some fashion and potentially have even been the cheater. Okay. But we're not talking about that, especially if someone has had more than one partner, it's like the overwhelming majority of people will say, yes, I have been cheated on. Okay. So that's kind of the foundation of the episode, meaning When you're dating, specifically men, this is geared for you when you're dating, but still females too when you're dating as well. This is very important because I think this episode and the principles can really be applied to both genders and and principle, but this is for the men. So really though, if I would say something before even talking about friendships and how this plays out in dating and relationships, I would say the first thing is this. If you have been cheated on, I don't care if it was when you're 14 and it was your middle school boyfriend or girlfriend, I don't care if it was your husband or wife. Obviously, these are varying cases of deepness and relational pain and trauma, but the point is still the same. I'm really, really sorry because that was not fair and it was not okay. And it was not right. And what's funny is even if it was when you were 14, guess what? You can probably still remember the feelings, the sadness, the disappointment, the rejection, the lies associated in that memory. And that's probably stuck with you over the years and very much so into adult years. And even with the divorcees, we've heard lots of lots of stories And so in response to that, I would just say the one thing that brings hope is that we are totally championers and believers in redemption. That's kind of our whole entire life when we become Christians is redemption. We get a taste of redemption on earth and we get fully redeemed, fully transformed, fully sanctified in eternity. Let me just say this. We have seen redemption firsthand, and it's been so sweet. God has been so kind, so merciful. You know, what it was like just two weeks ago, we were in New York City where Kate was plagued with a physically, emotionally, spiritually abusive relationship from hell. And here we are, what, seven years later, walking husband and wife in the very same streets, That she was broken in. And it was so powerful. It was so redeeming. And we've gotten glimpses and tastes of redemption from the wedding night. Not just for Kate, for me. You know, with all the pornography use. All the crossing of physical boundaries. And that night was just so healing. Not just for Kate, for me too, man. For me too, 100%. It was so healing in the the walking out of intimacy where, you know, transforming that mind from a, a sexual model of lust and self-fulfillment and self-gratification to serving my partner. Sex, the pinnacle of sex and pleasure for me. Is bringing pleasure to my spouse. And that's been so healing. So I would just say this if you have been cheated, there is healing, there is redemption. And more importantly, to transition that is if you have been cheating on, I would just say, and if you're single and listening to this, we can totally be more healed than not. There's not an expectation for you to fully be healed, a 1 million percent new person. Like, That is somewhat possible, but out of love, I would tell you this. Please don't date and get into a relationship until you've taken that pain of being cheated on seriously. You've began that healing process. You've found freedom. You've found forgiveness. This is going to be the best thing for you, and it's also going to be the best thing for the people that you date. I'm not saying that, you know... You're gonna be perfect, but you can absolutely be more healed from something than not. Okay. And the, what I mean by that is time does not heal all wounds. It's one of the worst myths ever. Time does not heal all wounds. And if you've been cheated on, it's gonna take a lot more than just time before you're ready to date again, before you're ready to be in a relationship again. And here's the thing whether you're 99% ready, 50% ready, 75% healed, you know, whatever it is, here's the best news. God is gracious and will still sustain you. And even if you're not fully ready and you go out and you short date and you get in a relationship and it somehow does, you know, go towards marriage, you know, I would say there is a degree of, it was probably unwise and difficult and it was really, really hard, but guess what? God's grace sustains you nonetheless, right? There's not a perfect way. There's a lot of different stories of how people end up being married. This is just saying, Hey, how can we most wisely prepare to date again and create a situation that sets up both parties for the most success possible? Let me say this and I'll wrap it up just for this note. Again, singleness is for healing. Singleness is for growing. Singleness is for maturing in your walk with Jesus. Okay. Not dating. Dating is not that time. It does happen in dating. It continues to happen in dating. But singleness is the time for us to heal, become whole, become that man or woman that God desires us to be, to find that passion, to find that vision, to be walking in the Lord. That is what singleness is for, not dating. You can't really do both of those really well at the same time in some ways, okay? I know that was kind of an ambiguous statement, but I do mean that. And so... Now that's taken care of, let's talk about it. And men, now we're going to double click into it. You know, these principles, again, that apply for the female that has been cheated on also apply to same trauma for men who have been cheated on. So women, that's what I'll say there. Like we need to have tons of compassion for those men. There's probably going to be a lot of insecurity, a lot of jealousy, a lot of aggression. There is an element to that man just not being ready to lead a relationship well. And we'll probably have to do another episode on that that's what I mean when we come to this point. It's, you know, men, you are coming into this situation listening, saying, I have to lead this. I want desire to lead this relationship well. And I really want to know what a great policy philosophy way to conduct my female friendship and dating and relationship looks like. Okay. That's why you're here. I hope, I think. And so if you are dating, and you are in a committed relationship, the level of female friendships you have, meaning like the intimacy, the friendship, the contact, the frequency that you're talking to each other, the transparency of how deep you go together. I'll just be flat out blunt. Like what is the value of that in your life? How valuable is that in your life? Because I would say this, There's going to come a point when you're dating, specifically when you're growing in that dating relationship, and then you move into an exclusive relationship where you are going to have to probably choose something like this. What's worth more to me? The trust between me and my partner and her feeling safe and knowing without a shadow of a doubt in her mind that I'm committed to her. Or having this friendship with this female and being able to DM her and talk to her and give her a hug. Which one's worth more to me? Especially if there is trauma and pain on her side that they have began to heal from, they are healing from, or they've never touched. Which is more important for you? And and look, I get it. When she is getting upset and some of these rules and boundaries about how you have to conduct your female friendships, when those boundaries are born out of fear and pain and trauma and hurt, I get why you want to push back. It has nothing to do with you, right? You're a trustworthy guy in your opinion, you would never cheat. You've never cheated. And it's just a side hug. It's just a DM. It's just a a few jokes and a couple emojis. I get it, but you need to get out of your pride and get out of yourself in your mind and you need to get in her shoes. You need to get in her pain. You need to get in her point of view because for her, guess what? It's not just a DM. It's not just a side hug. It's not just a joke with a couple emojis, right? It's not as so much more than that for her. And that triggers the same reaction, the same situation, you might as well be cheating on her and her mind because of what is coming up for her and her trauma and her feelings. And I would just ask you this, this is hard. And I say it because I love you. When it comes to her story of healing, what's more important, your pride and your desire to have that friendship available or her healing? And her growing. Like both of these desires are in a cage. They got to duke it out. Which one's more important? Which one's going to win? The desire to see her have a safe, cherished relationship where she knows without a shadow of a doubt that you ain't cheating on her and you'll do whatever it takes to prove that to her. Or you having the guard what's yours and those friendships and to have that ability to DM and not be judged as maybe a potentially mistrustworthy guy. Listen, it gots, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with her in that situation. And I get it. it. That might seem unfair. And listen, I'll be honest. She does need to heal. She does totally, 1,000%. She needs to heal. And especially as you guys grow in a relationship and she grows as a woman, she grows as a person, That's something that she has to take very seriously. I don't think it's okay that her pain and trauma and boundaries are completely dictating every boundary like that because you might be a trustworthy guy. But guess what? You are with her right now. And you're choosing to be in a relationship with her right now. And I guarantee you this. Here's your question. Ooh, this is good. When she looks back, at her healing journey, whether you got married or not, maybe you guys dated for a few more months and parted ways, or maybe you did get married. Do you want to be a man in her past who contributed to that healing process for her, do you want her to be able to say this, because I was in a relationship with that man, I found a truly loyal man who cared about my pain and my emotions, and my trauma, even when it didn't make sense to him. And I was more healed after being in a relationship with this man. He contributed to my my new narrative that there are good, godly men out there who desire to build trust, who think my emotions are important, and they're not too much, and my trauma does matter. And because he was in my life, because he spoke truth into me because he had compassion for me because he had empathy for me, I definitely grew. And I totally get that in the moment, my trauma and anxiety didn't make sense to me, but he made it make sense for him and he stepped up to the plate. I'm so grateful. Or is she going to look back at her relationship with you, whether it was dating, a few dates, a few months. Or, you know, she's your wife for this scenario to play out. You probably won't get married, but (laughs) in her past, the point would be this. Are you just going to be another defensive dude who couldn't get out of his pride, who couldn't get over his pride, who couldn't just unfollow or mute a a few girls on Instagram. His pride was so important and her pain and trauma made so little sense to him. That he couldn't unfollow a few girls on Instagram or settle for a handshake or a nod instead of a side hug with that girl at church. He couldn't put aside a few female friendships temporarily to just focus on her. That's how how much pride he had. That's how defensive he was. That's how much he just couldn't see things from my point of view and my pain and my trauma. Like, all I will say is this, because this is one area. When it it came to Kate for me and pursuing her, her, and the opportunity of pursuing her, the opportunity of dating her, of knowing her, of being in a growing, healthy, trustworthy relationship with her, that trumped any desire, like any desire to have that potential, that option, that opportunity to DM a girl, to talk to them, to text them one-on-one, Like that desire was so minuscule to have that freedom and autonomy when it came to the opportunity of knowing Kate, when it came to the opportunity of building trust for her, to building a new narrative, a safe narrative that godly men who she can trust do exist. And I will just say the trust that was born, listen, my policy when it came to that was I like went on like an unfollow muting spree in that sense. And I had no desire to have any DM, text message, email, LinkedIn message. She could look through, this was really how I played it. She could look through any single message and I didn't even want to have a conversation about what I meant there. I so little desire for any of it to be left up to interpretation I was like very, very much black and white because of just how little I desired Kate to want to even look at a text message or DM and have any questions. I wanted it to be that crystal clear. That's how much it was worth for me. Like no passwords on anything. Or if I did have password, it was open books. She could take my phone anytime. Like the way I conduct my life is this. I don't delete my search history. I don't delete any text. Guess what? If I have to delete something, I'm hiding something. And that's the way I conduct my life. I don't, I don't, I do not delete anything because I don't want it to ever be in question. Okay. And the trust that was born out of that men, the trust, the concrete fortified solid foundation of trust in the area of relational trust with Kate and I between us has paid greater dividends than anything I have ever invested in the relational trust between me and my female partner that she knows she she could put her life on the fact that we have trust that has paid greater dividends than anything and guess what I still have no passwords I still have no DM, no conversation that she cannot see. But guess what? I can also, because of that trust, you know, there's been what I consider this to be a huge privilege and I revere it is I can side hug a girl at church and it not be a problem. And I do try to side hug. I can DM a girl who DMs me about a specific dating question because we have people who have the passwords to my account. And they are all up in my DMs and everything for the most part. Like it is very much a publicly ran account at this point, like a corporate account in some ways. But I can DM a girl who has a dating question. And again, it's a privilege in my book. I also know that I'm not Superman, right? I have systems in place, accountability in place because I know myself and I know I'm still a human being. It would be so arrogant and self-righteous And prideful of me to just assume that because I've earned this trust over time that it can't come crashing down right it only takes one mistake for all of that to come crashing down so that's the way I conduct my friendships that's the way when it came down to Kate and her story of relational trauma uh tons of cheating tons of wounds and pain there it was never a question of which one was more important for me. And I just would encourage you to have that same attitude, especially if you find yourself in the same situation. And even if it's not the same situation, I just think, man, what better way to just honor that person for it to never be a question as much as we can control because all those things are within my control and I can own them. Now, let me just say this. What I love in these conversations is, I always have men who say, what about the other side? What about the context? What about, you know, okay, like, do I just have no female friendships, period? I'm like, no, no, no. Just because we zoomed into this and we double, double clicked into this doesn't mean you can't have female friendships, okay? This is what I would just say to, to close today is on female friendships with women, know that was probably the original intent of this episode and you might've, come to this I might have to just do a part two I just think like when it comes down to female friendships with women as a man especially in singleness I look back on mine personally and I think there's a lot of them and specifically there's some really really special ones there's some really really godly women with so much character that I just admire I trust them I respect them so much and I just genuinely, I love them. They are amazing women. I just genuinely like agape love, not sexual, just in the purest form of love. I just genuinely love them. And the ones I'm talking about, the ones I really cherish the most, guess what? They all shared one common thread, the common thread of Christ. And simultaneously, those were the ones where it was most clear that we are friends. We're brother. And sister, we're family in Christ. You think about when it comes to like your siblings, if you have a healthy relationship with a sibling, right? Your concern for them is you look after them. You look after one another. You can be honest with one another. You can really seek the best for one another. You serve one another. Obviously with your sister or with your brother or your family, there's no notion of romantic love, right? It is like the purest form of love that you got each other's back. And there are some female friendships I still have. And I had as a single man and dating a relationship where that was abundantly clear. And those women, it was wonderful to get to introduce them to Kate. They got along so well. That was really, really special for me. But I'll just be honest. I didn't have a lot of them. You know, there was just, there's probably a few really, really close sacred friendships with women that I highly guarded and esteemed. I couldn't wait to introduce them to Kate. It'd be like introducing like your family member to Kate and anything other than that. Oh, this is going to be blunt. (laughs) And I don't mean this. Like I don't care for the person, but it's just a different type of relationship. Anything other than those sacred friendships and those close ones with, with females is probably just more of an acquaintance and a friendship. You know, like I kind of really just, you know, I value, but it's, When it came to like kate and i and worth fighting for another partner like it didn't really hold a candle to my partner and i was happy to let go in any kind of sense especially look i'll be honest especially if she was physically attractive and there was a friendationship of of sense or if she's physically attractive and i know that that could be something like when i mean that i just like if i was going to double double check You know, if I was going to click into her profile just to kind of check her out, you know, for me, that was either a a mute or, you know, worth unfollowing, especially like if they're posting, (laughs) they're posting bikini photos and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, I don't need to be seeing this. I don't really have a desire to see this and it's an acquaintance anyway. And that's just me being honest. You know, I think like I'm not about to get into the whole modesty conversation, but I just, I don't have an interest in seeing half-naked women on my Instagram. I really don't. And I just don't think any man who's conducting his life wisely would have, any, there's just, there's any sense in following any kind of content that is gonna make you double check <laughs> and catch your eye and start to drift. Like, I just don't think there's any space. And that's another conversation for another time. To, to be frank, like men, if you're listening to this and you follow a, accounts, of people and vice versa women if you're following accounts just because you find someone like overtly physically attractive and the value of their content and their page is how it just reminds you that they are just so physically attractive i mean i i got a lot of questions okay let me just put it that way i got a lot of questions and i'm not afraid to say that i'm not afraid to be a little bit more blunt with that i just i would question tons of you know your sexual character and wisdom to make wise decisions. I just don't think that's wise or smart. I don't think you're setting yourself up for success in any kind of capacity. And if you're, you know, if you're a woman listening to this or if you're a man listening to this and your partner does that, I would have tons of tons of concerns and questions for them to ask them why is this so important for you to follow and why do you think it's okay? Cause quite frankly, I don't think it's cool. Okay. <laughs> that was quite a way to end Hey, listen, I love you guys. I hope, I hope, man, this struck your heart. I hope it struck compassion and empathy for being able to listen. When Jesus looked out on the crowd and had compassion to him, it literally says his heart went out to another, meaning he put himself in their shoes and felt their pain, felt their misery. That is what it means to have compassion and love well. It's to put yourself in another person's shoes to extend your heart. To one another. So I love you guys. I hope this was great for you. Woo! We were we're cooking on these many man sods. I love that we can build a little bit more trust. Again, I don't like to grill or be blunt unless you know sometimes I really feel like it's necessary. I'd rather just ask you guys questions and and you answer it yourself. So have a wonderful day. Men send this out to your boys. This is a great topic for you guys to kind of talk about you can disagree with it all you want or you can agree with it the point is is, it's just successful to talk about these things out loud and um yeah that's all i got to say love you guys talk to you soon